welcome back, my dear friends, fans, and colleagues to Voices of the Sacred Feminine Radio, uh, broadcasting across the globe for uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of nine or ten years now. I'm actually going to have to look back and see um, how long we have uh, uh, met here together uh, once a week uh, over the internet. Uh, yes, uh, you who are the cognitive minority and uh, all of us who believe the great she is challenging us to do what's right for the most of us for the sake of humanity and the planet. I want to say thanks uh, to Abigail Spinner McBride for the use of her music tonight, and uh, that cut was uh, called Arms of the Mother. And uh, I think I have a pretty fantastic show for you tonight. Uh, We're actually going to try to squeeze in three guests. Never done that before. So uh, first up tonight, um, I'm happy to have Kathy Pagano with us, our, our resident astrologer. Uh, She is going to tell us her best guess uh, using her astrological tools and uh, interpretation talents and and years of experience uh, as an astrologer deciphering the cosmic story. Uh, We are calling upon her tonight to tell us who she believes the stars are saying will win the uh, the 2016 presidential election. And, of course, she'll fill us in a bit uh, about what's going to be happening in the coming weeks so we know what the cosmos has cooked up for us uh, for the holidays. Then uh, second up, uh, we have uh, Renee Starr with us. She's the author of the new book, You Are Woman, You Are Divine, um, which brings women back to goddess uh, and their ancient wisdom for the modern woman. Uh, Renee's going to help us refresh or perhaps learn for the first time uh, what it means to become goddess on earth and connect with the divine feminine. Uh, Tonight she'll offer insight into embracing this paradigm in one's life uh, as we live in a male-dominated patriarchal world, and she'll discuss the seven goddess qualities um, she believes uh, women can restore. And as part of our conversation, we'll delve into Renee's ideas of just how much a woman should adjust her life to include goddess. Then third up, uh, if all goes well, we have calling in from Paris, Julie Raymond. Uh, she is actually on the ground there covering the COP21 Climate Change Conference. You've probably heard a lot about it in the news. Uh, you know, there are people in the streets. Uh, it's an exciting time over there. So she's going to be our eyes and ears. And uh, if she can call in because it's the middle of the night there, she'll tell us firsthand what she's seeing and hearing. So, uh Stick with us tonight. Um, but I also want to tell you what's uh, coming up later on in the month because I'm really excited about it. Next week, uh, I have Richard Wolf with me. Uh, Richard Wolf is pretty famous. Uh, Richard um, is a, a socialist economist, and uh, he's been on shows like uh, Bill Moore and PBS. And, um, uh, you know, he's he's really out there. Uh, you know, he's uh, people know him. He's he's well known out there in the world. And, uh, you know, he's going to be talking to us about um, what alternatives we have here in the United States to uh, have a better economy that benefits the most of us. I think you'll want to hear it. You know, we're, we're not going to, you know, be talking facts and figures and statistics that are going to make your eyes glaze over. Uh, instead, it's going 
going to be practical information on, um, you know, where we're at, what things we can do to make things better so that you have um, better information to make better choices about the jobs you pick, uh, you know, what you want to be doing for uh, your financial security, maybe uh, who you're best voting for, uh, things like that. And then the following week on the 22nd, yes, that's Tuesday, not Wednesday, the Tuesday before Christmas, Rianne Eisler is going to be with me, and I'm sure you know her name. Uh, Rianne Eisler, uh, 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 what can I say about Rianne? She's extraordinary. She's a visionary. She's a scholar. She's one of our foremothers. She is, you know, my one of my main mentors. Uh, she's been in the film Femme. Um, she is really out there making a difference in the world with her Center for Partnership Studies. We're going to be talking about uh, domination versus partnership. Uh, we're going to be talking also about, um, uh, you know, the economic plight of women in this country and what we have to do to change things so that we all have a better future, so that things are better for women, so that things are better for children, and when things are better for women and children, we all do better. So um, two great guests back-to-back in the next two weeks. Uh, You won't want to miss them, uh, I don't think. Um, And I'm also, you know, I haven't forgotten it's the holidays. So rather than uh, take some of our time up uh, to do holiday shows, because how many times can we talk about Mother's Night and all the goddesses of of Christmas? Um, I'm I'm, uh, trying to find out how I can maybe just run some reruns of those past holiday shows. And uh, that way, you know, you can still tune in and get those shows. um, But um, I still want to cover these other topics on our regular nights. And, you know, also, too, you can always go back and get those shows in the archives. Uh, Just go to Voices of the Sacred Feminine, um, uh, Christmas Goddesses, uh, Winter Solstice, uh, Selena Fox. You know, you can use keywords like that to go into the archives and find some of those old Christmas shows. Uh, Because I did do a lot of, of, of pretty cool ones. You know, there's probably... You know, two. You know, at least two a year. Uh, there in the archives, you can listen to those again if you like. But uh, I'm going to try to rerun some of them for the holidays. And um, I, again, I want to thank you for tuning in this week. Uh, as always, I think you know it, but you know, uh, we all like to hear how much we are appreciated. I want to tell you, you are the gas in my tank. And I missed you last week when I was away uh, on vacation, but I did take the week off uh, after Thanksgiving to just try to renew and rejuvenate. You know, this is the time of the year of the darkness when we're we should really be in sync with the. Uh, cosmic energies and the goddess of winter and the darkness and really just try to go within if we can to uh, uh, you know to gestate ideas and and renew ourselves you know when we go out shopping for uh, you know what do they call it Cyber Monday and Black Friday all of this holiday craziness really goes against the natural order of things Uh, uh, you know what we're actually supposed to be doing this time of year. So 
uh, it makes it that much harder, I think, to uh, to do all of this hepticness because we're supposed to be winding down. We're supposed to be going underneath that rock, um, and uh, our body wants to do it. Our mind wants to do it. I think uh, because you know we are part of nature, but society tells us do this, buy that. You know, go to this party, run, 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 shop, shop, shop. And, um, you know, it just goes against what's normal, you know. But that's our patriarchal society, isn't it? It uh, sort of turns everything on its head. Uh, but what my point in saying I, I took some time off, um, I actually did something that you will probably think, uh, well, gee, I thought she was resting. Well, this was really fun for me. I, it was resting for me. I was. I got really creative. Uh, my husband had Roy had brought our video camera on vacation, and at the last minute, we came up with the idea that part of the time we were actually going to make an audio book series of my last book, Goddess Calling: uh, Inspirational Messages and Meditations. So that's what we did. We took three days. We did videos of me reading some of these passages that are in my book, and uh, I'm going to release one every three or four weeks. And uh, you will have them there. You know, uh, um, whether you have Goddess Calling or not, um, you can hear me doing the reading, and um, you know, whether it be the meditation or the message. And you can find the first one because, um, like I said, I think I said anyway, we are going to release these uh, like maybe every one every three or four weeks. One is already out there. Um, it's on separating uh, truth from myth, and it was inspired by the fact that uh, the holiday of Thanksgiving is such a sham, in a sense, um, you know, because it's such whitewashed history. Instead of talking about the genocide of Native Americans, you know, society tells us it's something else. Uh, but, you know, but there's a pattern there. And, uh, um, you know, so I talk about that in the message. So uh, you can probably find it by either going to my Facebook page and uh, scrolling down a bit. There's a link there. Or just go to YouTube and put in the search box, Goddess Calling Audiobook Series, and you will hear the first one. If you get on my email list, you will also automatically get those. Uh, so you can contact me if you'd like me to put you on my email list. And um, primarily, I think Facebook and my email list will be the ways to um, to get those. You can also subscribe to my YouTube channel, and uh, I think you might get notice when something new is posted there as well. So anyway, I uh, just wanted you to know about all of that. And um, another new development is I want to uh, shout out to Pat and say, Pat, thank you so much uh, for helping me um, she's going to be uh, become the producer of my What's the Buzz segment, and uh, she's going to help me bring that to you more often, and we're working on that right now. I don't know if I'm going to have time to bring you any of the What's the Buzz tonight, but uh, I will be soon. So thank you, Pat, for volunteering to help me with that. Uh, but before too much more time slips by, um, I want to uh, say hello to Kathy and welcome her back to the show. Hey, girl, thank you for being with us tonight. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Um, uh, actually, 
uh, in a good headspace uh, these days, so I can't complain. What about you? Good. Doing good. <laughs> it's very hard to, um, to, to fight against that pull of, of – um, of not just the Christmas shopping, but thinking that, you know, we're always called to be on stage and starting new projects all year long. And and I've been doing a lot of work with people trying to say it's really okay that you don't start things right now. This is the time to compost. This is the time to just let everything go to be back in the darkness. So as more and more people, as we can get more and more people to follow the path of the earth and and to understand that this is a time for quietness and to let the old go so the new can be born, I think the world will change. It will be good. I I agree. I agree. I was very surprised that uh, we felt so inspired to do that, you know, because I left vacation, left for vacation feeling very tired, uh, but it was interesting how it invigorated me. So um, so it was fun. It was like playing, you know, believe it or not. Yeah, it, but it you really know what? Was like it playing. wasn't something new. It wasn't really something new. It was just finishing up old business in a new form. True, true. It was, yeah, it, uh, you're absolutely right. It wasn't something new I had to come up with from scratch. It's just uh, presenting the work in a different format. So, um, you know, so that way people who want want the messages and meditations can listen without actually sit, sitting down to read. You know, you can hear them while you're doing the dishes or, you know, exercising right. or whatever. You don't have to sit there and hold the book. So, right. but you anyway, made I, an old-fashioned Christmas present. You actually made it for <laughs> us. It's sort of like knitting a scarf for us. <laughs> Thank you, you Karen. <laughs> um, well, listen, I am so glad uh, you're with us tonight to talk about uh, uh, what might be happening in the presidential election. Because, as I mentioned off-air, um, I got an email from a friend who sent me a link to the site liberalamerican.org, and I didn't know that Western Illinois University uh, for the since 1975 had accurately predicted every presidential election with 100% accuracy. I did not know. Um, and they are predicting uh, that Bernie Sanders is actually going to be the president. So I am really, really interested in um, what you've come up with astrologically. Uh, I, I know last show we sort of sent you off on a mission uh, to come back and, you know, bring us the news. So please let me stop talking and uh, turn it over to you. Okay. Well, Bernie is a Virgo, and Virgos are here to be of service. Um, And um, there's a lot in his chart that that make him, you know, that reflect the man he is. He's he's been on point his whole life. He hasn't changed um, his values at all. He's very consistent in his political record, which we don't find with Hillary. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, um, she flip-flops. She flip-flops. And yeah. um, he's he's very, you know, he, he's all of the qualities that we see in him, the, um, his brilliant mind, his stands, he, you know, his stands on... Um, on his polit- on social issues, it's all part of who he is um, in his chart. And so, as a Virgo, he wants to be of service. We'll talk about Hillary, who's the Scorpio, in a minute. Um, and um, and 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 the other thing is, in in an astrology chart, we have what's called the North and South node of the Moon, and um, and that's where eclipses occur. 
and um, and so it tells us our destiny. And the South Node is the um, tells us where we've been, and the North Node tells us where we have to go to. And for Bernie, his South Node's in Pisces, and his North Node is in Virgo. So it says that axis of of, of um, energy says, I come out of the collective unconscious. I understand compassion. I understand vision. I understand mysticism. and um, But I can't get lost in it this lifetime. I have to bring it into concrete reality and be of service to people. And so that's a, quite a delightful um, path. And he and it definitely he, his son is right up at the top of the chart, which means he's out in the public eye. He doesn't hide. He has a mystical component to it, too, as well. He's got Neptune up there. So, I mean, there's very many wonderful aspects to him. He's quite charming, and the way he speaks is good. And he's feisty. Um, so he's a Virgo with an Aries moon and um, and right next to his Mars. And so Mars and, and Mercury can make him a very dynamic, passionate person. And we see that he is, you know. So just quickly, because there's way too much to talk about, um, he does have a Scorpio Ascendant, and we we look at the Ascendant. The Ascendant is what's coming up over the horizon when you're born. Both Hillary and Bernie have um, Scorpio Ascendants. So it's the way they look at the world and the way we look at them. And um, they see deeply, both of them, into the world. They understand the underground dynamics of things. Um, but whereas Hillary has more of a polit- political or politician's chart, Bernie seems to be much more of a dynamic servant. And um, just quickly, so on Election Day, um, the planet Uranus, we've talked about Uranus and Pluto creating this whole change, you know, reflecting the whole change we're going through that when they started in the 60s and now the challenge they provided us. Well, on Election Day, the, that planet Uranus of waking up, and, you know, let's wake things up and shake things up, is right on his moon and his Mars. So, I mean, there's a real shake-up there, a big surprise, and it's opposite is Venus and Libra. So there's this real sense that um, something interesting and surprising could happen to him. So there's that. Um, and... Um, so there's a few things that happen on um, election day that's very interesting. So um, is it, um, Pluto is in a nice relationship to his son, and so it's a t- it can mean a time of transformation. His life could really transform. Do you know? On oh, election wow. day, he also has that planet of surprises op- uh, on his moon and, and Mars opposite his Venus, and so unexpected events can happen. Um and he's challenged on that day, too, as well. Saturn is going to um, challenge his son about the beliefs. But I think that that um, there's just a real sense of um, things, of him taking on more responsibilities. And he does have more transits on that day than any of the other political candidates. And, so and what does that mean? What does that mean exactly? A day of well, change, okay. Well, transits just means... The transits just mean the planets in the sky affecting his birth chart. And so um, there's just a lot of change in his life going on that day. And then if you look at the inauguration chart, um, Jupiter, the planet of luck and um, expansion, is right on his Venus. Um, and and pretty much opposite is Mars and his moon. Once again, he has those two um, energies 
opposite each other, which just make for a very dynamic man. And um, it's a lucky day for him. And so, you know, besides all the other things going on, there's so much going on in his chart. And I don't like to predict things I never do for my clients. But um, it looks it looks interesting. And wouldn't it be interesting if we elected this? He's going to be the oldest president. He would be the oldest president we've ever elected. And I was reading an article, and someone said that it was really about Hillary, and, but it said if she's elected, she'll only be a one-term president because um, in um, 2020, the astrological aspects are such that it would that um, somebody totally new is going to come on the scene. And um, it will be a very new beginning, very Aquarian new beginning of things. Hmm. So, um, you know, so that that made me think, well, maybe Bernie would, because I could see him being a one-term president. He'll be, he'll be... um, Just because of his age. 80. Because of his age. He'll be 80 or something when he... Yeah, you know? yeah. So, well, I, I um, love I love all. that dynamic. I, I well, you know, I didn't know he was a Virgo. First of all, I'm a Virgo. I, maybe that's why I relate to him so much. Um, the <laughs> dynamic servant. I love that. I I love that. Uh, I'm going to start calling him that. The dynamic servant. Can I do that? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. It's okay. So okay. The Virgo and the and the Aries, because one is is very precise. You know, Virgo wants to master things. They, it's you come in to master something. You're like an an apprentice, a journeywoman or man, and then a, a master of your craft. And Bernie has certainly mastered his craft. And he doesn't seem, you know, he's not like any other politician. He sticks to his guns. He's always been a social democrat, if you want, or a democratic socialist. Um, he's always, he's very consistent with his views. And um, his ego doesn't seem to get in the way particularly. So um, it will be funny if we uh, elect this funny little Jewish guy at the end of his life to be our president, but I think it would be interesting. Um, and, and, you know, I, I love when I see him and his wife together uh, on TV or at a rally or something. You know what? Because she looks like just just like you or me. You know what I mean? She yeah. is just every every woman, and he looks like every man, and you don't have this – Oh, I, I don't know. This sense of elitism, this sense of uh, she's you know she doesn't wear Chanel. You know what I mean? She doesn't have right. pearls. You know she she looks like the soccer mom or your neighbor next door. You know um, your right. you know, your 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 girlfriend at exercise class or something. Um, I, I just I just love those two. And so what you're saying, it sounds like the stars. Could uh, I mean he's got a good year ahead, and it looks like the signs could be pointing to a real possibility for him. Right, and for us, because really it's about us. And hopefully, you know, if we go out and and actually vote, which I know people don't want to, because the the process is has been so screwed up and screwed over, and and with electronic voting booths, and they're stealing elections. But it's about us us taking a stand, and it's very interesting because all of this is happening while Saturn is going to be in, in Sagittarius, which is really about um, cosmic law and taking responsibility for our beliefs 
It's also about, you know, religious fanaticism, which we're seeing the negative side of right now. Um, the fanaticism not only of the Muslims, but of the Christians and the Jews in the world and many other people. Um, but on a really, you know, on a positive note, Saturn and Sagittarius says, I will, I will stand up for my beliefs. And um, if we stand up, then, yeah, I think Bernie might have a chance. Well, um, and you know, he reminds and, me of Jimmy Carter. Yes. Oh, and did you hear Jimmy Carter is cancer free right now? Yes, I did. I did. I, you know, and I can't help but wonder if it's all the millions of people who love him so much who have been praying for him. I think so. <sighs> I think so. Do you know? Um, so yeah, yeah. That is my first thought. You know, he's an older man, and it's very hard to go through chemotherapy, and he did it, and he came out positive. And, and, um, and he says that he is dedicating the rest of his life to fight for women's rights. Now, you yes. know, there's there's a guy. I love that man. I really do. I really love that man. Um, but anyway, too. so Saturn, so, uh, Saturn and Sagittarius, that's – Sort of, um, what's is, is that like during election day, or is that sort of um, the energy that we're having uh, in the coming year? Well, it's for the next two years, and um, if you go on my website um, and read my New Moon Sagittarius um, thing, I talk a little bit about it. But whenever Saturn goes through a sign, it says, "Let's look at the reality of the situation." Saturn slows everything down and sort of compresses things. And says, come on, let's take a look. He always gives us lessons. He's like the Lord of Karma. And so Saturn, when he goes through a sign, so for the last two and a half years or so, he was going through Scorpio. And and he said, let's look at our emotional relationships. And are we going to sit and stew in the the old betrayals and hurts? Are we going to get over it? So now he's on to um, what do we believe and um, how are our beliefs... um, in sync with how we're living or out of sync. And so we, all of us in the world are going, you know, are going to be having to look at those moral values that we say we believe in and maybe stepping up to the plate. The more conscious we are, the more that we live out the positive energy of the sign. And um, so, and, and I usually talk to that positive because we have many negatives in our lives. So it's, you know, we can always say, oh, you can become a religious fanatic and be very rigid, and that's the truth. But you can also take responsibility for your choices and understand what your beliefs are. And if the beliefs no longer serve you, then let them go. One of the things I mentioned in my newsletter is, you know, we can, like the, the whole belief about original sin needs to go, okay? And Matthew Fox, which many of us know who he is, the theologian, he talks about our original blessings. And um, very goddess-oriented in that sense. And they kicked mm-hmm. him out of the Catholic Church for talking like that. Yay for him. But, yeah, um, he was excommunicated. You know, the, and he's in, he's in my anthology, Voices of the Sacred Feminine. He's been here on the radio show a lot of times. Yeah, he's a wonderful, wonderful speaker and man and, and what he's written about. So, I mean, it's really about what, you know, do we choose to to live with fear or do we choose to live with possibility? And yeah. so for the next two years, that's what we're all, that, those are the lessons the whole world will have. So during that time, if we're having an election, hopefully 
you know, it will spark people to seek out the wisdom that is Sagittarius, to, to say let's align ourselves with life rather than with death. So yeah. that to me says it's a more positive time to have an election. Yes, yes, yes. So we'll see I, what happens. I, I, I like that. I like that. And, you know, you know I want to tell you, Renee has not shown up on the switchboard yet. So um, I, w- I want you to go ahead and tell us about Hillary's chart. And if Renee does pop up on the switchboard, she'll just have to wait a little bit. So, um, okay. Tell, and then tell quickly, us the, you... other thing on, the other thing on Election Day is the moon moves from Aquarius into Pisces, which is a very – it's much more left-wing, okay, than right-wing, if you will. Yay! Okay. <laughs> Because okay. Aquarius is in our 4th of July birth chart of America. We have an Aquarian moon, and it's about equality and freedom. And then Pisces is about compassion. And so the moon is the emotional temperament of the day. Okay? So the emotional temperament of the day will go from, you know, a more idealistic energy to a very compassionate, heartfelt energy. And so hopefully... Things will be going good. And also that day of Election Day, Mars moves out of Capricorn, which is very patriarchal and, and you know, the, 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 the system into Aquarius. And so really, you know, the energy is very forward-thinking once again. So, um, you know, there's hope. There's hope. Yes. Well, now, quickly, I, well, for I mean, Hillary. Hillary, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, honestly, uh, if anybody's been watching the news and they're seeing, you know, what the Republicans are doing and saying, and I'm not just talking Trump because the others are just a, a milder version of Trump, who would vote for these people? I mean, all they're doing is fear-mongering. I mean, aren't we tired yeah. of it? Didn't we have enough of it with the Bush administration? I mean, they were saying on TV, oh, Donald Trump is a threat to national security. Well, I'm sorry. The so was the Bush administration, and we could go on and on about that. But, you know, it's like they don't right. – Oh, anyway, tell us about Hillary's chart. I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Hillary Clinton, we're not quite sure, but everybody's kind of agreed that she was born in the morning at eight, around 8 o'clock in the morning, which gives her a 12th house son. 12th house is very compassionate. It has the Piscean field, and, um, and even though it's a very hidden um, house – a lot of leaders, world leaders, um, have their son there. George Bush did, Tony Blair did, lots of presidents did. And so even, you know, because usually the, the old astrologers would say serve or suffer. And so people come in with 12th house sons and, and, and want to serve a greater good. Now, she has a lot of planets in Scorpio, so she understands the deviousness of the world, let's say. But also she has a lot of hidden enemies. That's another thing the 12th house has. She's a politician. She's a lawyer. Her, her, her energy, her astrological chart really speaks to who she is. She does have a Pisces moon. And so even though we, she comes across as very hard because she has a very hard and powerful energy, um, she's very soft inside and she is very psychic and compassionate. And we've seen that side of her too. Um, the thing that's interesting to me is that her nodes, those things that I told you about her destiny, they're really much more about getting out of the drama and get and just finding peace. And it's very much about stop being a drama queen. And and she wants to have peace with her partner. Um, and her destiny node says something about 
you know, the fact that she stuck with Bill, it, it just made a lot of sense. So while Bernie's um, destiny is resonating with the collective destiny because on Election Day, um, the North Node is in Virgo and the South Node is in Pisces. It's not on his son, but it's pretty close. So he's resonating with the times in terms of our collective destiny. Um, we have to listen to the voices of the undertrod, you know, to the downward, to the people and the things that we have ignored, um, the, the earth and, and poor people and, and people of color and people of different genders. And we have to, and women, and we have to, you know, we're in the world right now listening to this call of the universe saying it's time to be of service and to listen to those who have been rejected whereas Hillary doesn't have that in her chart um, so there's another indication maybe that Bernie will answer the call um, but on election day um, the sun is exactly on her Venus so people will like her it's not like she's you know people are not going to like her but um, if she's the one who's the candidate she'll probably win too in that sense but if you had to pick between the two of them, um, Bernie Sanders' charts feels much more like he will um, he will be the winner. And um, on because uh, even on um, the inauguration day, there is nothing particularly um, that is resonating um, with Hillary. The only thing that's happening on uh, the inauguration day is that. Um, that the that Mars in the sky will be pretty close to her moon, but that's about it. So um, I've never done this before. I'm not really this kind of astrologer, but I would, <laughs> I think it might be my hopes. Let's put it that way. But um, but it looks like maybe we'll get um, if people will arise and stand up, um, we might get Bernie Sanders. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and you know, I uh they say that he has survived so long in New Hampshire as senator because Republicans Vermont. vote for him to Vermont uh because Republicans vote for him too. And you know, I can't help but wonder considering the pickings are so slim uh in the Republican party that the sane Republicans, you know, the ones that are left, um you know, they will vote for Bernie, you know. Um you know, yeah. maybe they really will. They maybe they really will. Well, yeah. Kathy, I want to just quickly. Just quickly, there was something I read. Um, there was something about right before the election. There was going to be something about a lot of bluster and really bad stuff going on. But they weren't. But whoever it was wasn't going to be around after the election. So perhaps they, they will nominate um, Trump, and we will really, you know, because Bernie Sanders it, supposedly in the polls will blow away Trump. Well, yeah, I mean, this, the polls are showing he he beats all the Republicans uh, by wider margins than Hillary does. Um, you know, that's why I don't understand why all the pundits are acting as if he doesn't have a chance. But if you listen to, um, what's the guy on the Young Turks? Um, you know, he's been saying sort of what I've been saying is all of these pundits on TV, well, you know, they like the status quo. You know, they would love to, you yes. know, they're, they're, they're supporting Hillary. So they figure they can brainwash us into thinking that Bernie Sanders doesn't have a chance. You know, so don't right. listen to the pundits. <laughs> listen to your heart. <laughs> yes, yes. 
Well, Kathy, thank you so much. I, I know you know you haven't done this before, but you stretched yourself and 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 um, and you know you 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 did this at at my request, and I really, really, really do appreciate it. So, um, you know, and we won't hold you to anything. This is just you know you know this is but this is good. I I this enjoyed it. I'm playing. sure listeners. We're just too. playing, and we're imagining. Yes. But okay. we're imagining that that the cosmos is with us, the force is with us, and that we actually, this revolution and evolutionary energy is going to take hold and put down roots, and we will change the world. So I hope I, the I person in Paris will tell you the same thing. <laughs> well, we'll see. I hope I hope she calls in. Uh, I've been a little bit out of touch with her in the last 24 hours, so I hope hope that works out. But you know, I, I'll just you know close on this comment before I say goodbye to you tonight, Kathy. You know, Bernie Sanders has been saying, you know, we need big change. You know, we need and an, uh, you know we need a revolution. And I really do believe that things have gotten so far out of whack. And you know, as much as I would love to see a woman president, Hillary is just going to be tinkering around the edges, you know, and things yeah. are so bad. Things are so bad. We need much, much more than tinkering around the edges. I would gladly sacrifice a female president for somebody who's really going to turn this country into something that, um, the, you know, where the most of us will have a chance instead of, you know, being the victims of this predator capitalism and the 1%, you know. So yes. anyway. I agree. Well, thank you. Thank you. Okay, thank you well, so many much. solstice blessings on you and everyone, and um, may we birth the light. And, and listen, wait, before you go, please uh, tell listeners how they can reach you. And did you write any of this up in a blog or anything that if anybody wanted to go back and read it? or? Well, I wrote up um, about Sagittarius. I didn't write up about Bernie and Hillary because, like I said, this isn't my field of astrology. There are, okay. there are people writing about this, and and I don't want my colleagues to jump in and, and um, say, Fair please, enough. stay on your own side of the fence. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm much more of a psychological astrologer, an evolutionary astrologer. But definitely wisdom-of-astrology.com, and you can find, um, you'll find any of my newsletters right now. It's the Sagittarius New Moon, which is Friday. And then Christmas Day, just quickly, we are going to have a full moon. And so um, on Christmas Day, enjoy the light. It will be beautiful. Thank you, Kathy. And and for any of the listeners who have trouble finding you, they can always email me, and I'll make sure everybody gets connected. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful holiday, and thank you for doing this for us tonight. Okay. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Well, um, I hope you all enjoyed that, and it certainly was what I wanted to hear, of course, but um, uh, I hope this this uh, first stab at doing something like this, uh, I, I, hope Kathy, uh, I hope Kathy is right. So I see uh, Renee has popped up on the switchboard here, and I um, uh, want to say hello. Hi, Renee. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for calling in tonight. And um, I uh, already told listeners what uh, you and I were going to be uh, chatting about, but uh, let me introduce you to them uh, by uh, way of a short bio, and then we will uh, jump into our interview, uh, which we're calling Back to the Goddess, Ancient Wisdom for the Modern Woman. Wonderful. Um, 
So, dear listeners, uh, Renee Starr is with us now. Uh, she is a mythologist, a master storyteller, an artist, and a life coach. Uh, she's a seeker of ancient wisdom for the modern woman, and she offers her book, You Are Woman, You Are Divine, as a guide for the modern woman's journey back to goddess, along with goddess classes, workshops, circles, and a variety of international retreats. And I have to say, I have actually seen this book, and uh, in fact, um, uh, publicly endorsed it, and it is a great book, I believe, whether you are someone new to Goddess, and um, maybe you're just at the start of your path, or you are, have been with her for a long time, but maybe you feel like you'd like to have a refresher. So, Renee, a uh, beautiful, beautiful book, uh, wonderfully done. I just want to say congratulations. Thank you so much. It's all been very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, yes, it is, and uh, uh, you know, it, it, well, I think we probably talked about this, you know, uh, but you know, whenever you do a book, um, uh, I know so many, so many people I know think, oh, well, once you write it and it's published, your work is done. But oh no, you know, then no. you, then you have to tell the world <laughs> about it and market it, yes. and uh, <laughs> it's, but uh, um, I, it's, you know. I was just going to say, it's beyond a full-time job. It becomes everything that you do. You live and breathe and talk and promote 24-7. Yep. (laughs) You do. And, you know... And, and you know, I don't know if you're like me, but I I am not a salesperson. I would I would starve to death if I had to sell cars or insurance or anything like that. So you know, it's a good thing that my books are about goddess and women's spirituality and changing the world. Because when I go out there and talk about my books, I don't feel like I'm selling people stuff. I feel like I'm just sharing information and helping educate you know what i mean so yes. um it it makes a difference when it's really your passion and uh you know you really think it's a service to the world as opposed to oh i don't know just just something else you, you know what i mean um, i do and i'm exactly the opposite karen i am very much a salesperson and am finding this to be the easiest sell because of what you just said it's very um, timely women are hungry you know the mainstream woman is really looking for something she cannot name she doesn't know exactly what she's looking for and then here we are with the goddess waiting you know open arms and all of this beautiful information I'm finding that I'm getting a lot of response from the woman who has never even understood or known that this exists that this spirituality exists well, you know, I think um, for those of us who goddess has been in our life for a while, we start to think that this is just the norm, and we forget yes. that we're that this, you know, that that this. I don't want to say this that this isn't normal, but that the whole world doesn't uh, it doesn't yeah. have access to this. You know, mm-hmm. um, I have to Agreed. constantly, constantly, you know, be you know reminded of that person who doesn't even know about the feminine face of God. You know, mm-hmm. and um, so yeah, so there are so many women that uh, still need to know this. So many men too, as well, mm-hmm. and yes. um, yeah. So I'm so glad there's so many of us as her messengers. (laughs) Oh, I'm so honored. I'm humbled to my knees almost daily over the journey that I've been on with her my my entire adult life. And the book, having written 
my entire journey poured it all out into this book, it really took me on a ride. She took me on quite a ride for the you know the years that I wrote the book. It, it's almost as if I experienced each of the chapters as she hoped that other women would too. So well, I'm very I grateful guess. for that. Yeah. Well, and you know, um, and again, let me say the title, You Are Woman, You Are Divine. It is a beautiful, beautiful book, and I think you also have a workbook with it uh, now as well. Uh, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's a journal. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, I mean, it's it's uh, gorgeous on so many levels. I mean, it's beautiful to look at, which is important to me in a book, you know? I yes, mean, I like, me too. You, you know, it's a, it's a little treasure, you know, and it's Aww. also so, uh, so filled with good information. I mean, because there are a lot of goddess books out there, and there's so many that are really just mediocre, but this one, this one is exceptional. You know, um, I, I mean, you. I don't, I don't just endorse every book people ask me to endorse, but you know, I felt like this one, um, you know, this one stood out, and it's, uh, it's, it's worth, uh, it's worth a look. And um, I'm sure this is just going to be your first, but um, you know, I think you, you know, you probably already know this, or, or maybe you'll, you'll discover it, but I've found that over the last, I don't know, 15 years, whatever it is, 20 years, that it, you said you've been on this journey. And it's like every every project, you know, every big project, I feel like, prepares you for the next thing that's even a little bit bigger. And then yes. that prepares you for the next thing that's mm-hmm. even a little bit bigger. And you don't even realize it in the moment, you know. You don't even realize Agreed. that she... She is grooming you and stealing yes. you and preparing you for the next thing that's going to come along that's going to be even bigger and better. Um, and, you know, so I, that you can more fully, um, you know, bring her into the world even more. Um, and Absolutely. I, I have no doubt. Yeah. Thank you so much. And, you know, one thing I've learned through the process of writing this book, which has been a lifelong dream, you know, to put her on paper has been an accomplishment, a huge major accomplishment to be in service of her and to you know, share her words through me was a gorgeous experience that I will treasure my entire life. And one thing I am learning now is to surrender to her divine timing, her process, and her journey for me. And oh, yeah. It's one of the, it's one of the most, yeah, I, it's a very shamanic experience. I feel as if I'm being completely ripped apart to be completely brought back together. And it's profound. I mean, it's scary and exciting and beautiful and, you know, hideous and all of those things, but it's really something. I am in awe in the most ancient sense of the word. I'm in awe well, you know, of this process. Well, you know, you're giving me goosebumps, you know, hearing Aww. you say that. Because honestly, I know exactly what you mean. Because, you know, we have an idea of what our work is supposed to be or what it's supposed to yeah. look like. And, and, and of course, we're using our best guess, our best intuition, our best experience, mm-hmm. you know, as hum- humans at this place in our, our own personal evolution. And then, then it might not go the way we think. And sometimes we think yeah. that's a failure, a failure. But you know what? I love learned mm. pretty early on that really that is maybe just her divine intervention, you know, because yes. maybe she had something a little bit different in mind, and you find out that the thing that maybe isn't exactly like you uh, imagined it would be, well, what she had in mind was really maybe better, you know, after all. Usually always um, better. 
<laughs> you're yes, always yes. better. Yes, yes, and it, and it, um, you know, so it's that. So I, I love you. You know, you use the word surrender. It is that surrender, you know, because mm-hmm. you just have to trust that you're being guided in the right direction, even if it looks a little different than maybe you originally thought, you know. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, and don't take it as failure if. Right. The outcome is different than maybe how you imagined in the beginning. You know, you have to, you know, it, yes, it's being flexible, but I think it's also, uh, like you said, surrendering to her her wisdom, you know, mm-hmm. uh, is, is maybe a good way uh, to, to put it, you know. Um, I, I know when my second... When my second book came out, this was a really weird thing, and I'll make it quick because I don't want this to be about me, but um, it so fits into this. My second book Mm -hmm. came out, uh, my publisher messed up, and uh, my last round of edits didn't make the book. And the weird thing was he shipped to me 500 books um, as a gift for some work I did. And they they ended up on my doorstep. I have, okay, all of these cases of books. I hadn't seen it yet, so, of course, I tear into the first box I see, pull out the first book, and the first thing I notice is there are blank pages in the book. Oh. Blank blank pages. Oh, can, you, no. can you imagine? I, no, I cannot. <laughs> I cannot. Okay. But but here's the thing. Okay, now this is oh. the magic. Okay, this is the magic. Okay, it took me maybe 15 minutes to go from freak out to hysterical laughter because mm-hmm. I realized that this was a lesson about surrender. This was a lesson mm-hmm. about not expecting perfectionism because I think perfectionism, mm-hmm. expecting perfectionism gets in the way of our actually doing. And you know yeah. what, Renee? Out of all of those books, all of those 500 books, that one book was the only book that had blank, that had blank pages. Oh. I, have, I have not yet found another book either for sale or in that batch of 500 that had blank pages. Now, I'm telling you, there was some magic oh, happening magic. there. Very <laughs> magical. Karen's very magical. It's so, you know, when when I think of the goddess, when I think of her, I've I've learned to recognize her faces, her um, her different essences in my life. And sometimes she is business partner, and sometimes she is ally, and sometimes she is best friend. But most often she is divine mother, and she is the mother aspect of life that nourishes us and protects us, which I know you know. But for me to have found that in my life was amazing. It it, it changed everything for me. It brought me to a threshold of being a sacred daughter, which I think many of us don't understand. Well, and I think, too, Renee, so many of us have complicated relationships with our flesh and blood mother. And I think think in a way, goddess um, sort of helps us um, have that perfect mother, if you will. You know, mm-hmm. um, our flesh and bl- our, our flesh and blood mother cannot be everything. She has her own baggage. You know, she mm-hmm. does the best she can. She does the best she can do. And I think our, you know, our cosmic mother, you know, our mm-hmm. divine mother. You know, I, I I forgot the word you used. That was beautiful. But divine mother. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, she. I, I think she does help. 
um, also nourish us in ways that maybe our flesh and blood mother cannot. You know, uh, she becomes Absolutely. she becomes everything. Uh, you know, where our human mother maybe has. You know, uh, you know she can't be perfect. She's human. You know, uh, but exactly. she. Yeah, yeah. Well, but but your book, um, when you say uh, uh, back to the goddess, um, I, I'm wondering if you mean something unique, something different that maybe we haven't heard before. Well, I think it's an ancient call back to the goddess. Um, I think for the modern woman, and what I mean by that is the mainstream woman who has not immersed in goddess spirituality, um, the New Age movement, etc. She's a little bit aware of it on the fringe, the peripheral, but she doesn't really know it's for her. She doesn't know where she belongs in it, if at all. And so when I use the term back to the goddess, what I'm asking, what I'm doing is inviting all women back to themselves, back to this relationship with our Divine Mother, our roots, our sacred heritage, our mythic heritage, the sacred stories are very important to me. I feel like I'm on a little mini mission to revive them and and refresh them into the world. So this is a very powerful call. And I'm also finding that the call extends to any individual who considers herself a woman. And in these days of gender expression, it's extraordinarily important that we include all women, anyone Mm -hmm. who feels they are a woman. And that's where I think there's a freshness in this, that there's a an open call to come back to who you are and know yourself through the goddess as right. goddess on earth. Well, and, and okay, so you're talking transgender, bisexual, gay women, yes. uh, straight yes. women. And, and and could we even stretch this a little bit more to the the man who wants to know the sacred feminine within himself? Yes, absolutely. I have had... So many men approach me with this book. Can I read this? Would it help me? Absolutely. While I did write it for the women, uh, it is most definitely a wonderful book for a man to read. In fact, I just had um, an Amazon review come through where a man read the book and, and expressed how delighted he was, how much he learned, and how his relationships with the women in his life are now deepening because of his understanding of them. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think, yeah, and I, I think it also maybe, um, you know, I like to think that it enables men to understand uh, what patriarchy has beat out of them. You know, has made yes. them think mm-hmm. is a sign of weakness, or made them think is taboo, mm-hmm. um, so that they can come into wholeness, and you know, they don't Absolutely. have, they can be more their authentic self um as well um you know uh and and what you know what tips do you tell you know to give today's woman to become i think you call it goddess on earth um mm-hmm. how how can they embody her um you know what can you tell them to bring them closer to her it's a wonderful question, and it, I'm asked this so often in my coaching sessions, my life coaching sessions with women, and they, they will literally say, what can I do? How do I start? Where do I begin? And I always say the same thing, and it's the most um, sound advice I can give, and that is begin with stillness. It is your natural state of being. As a woman, we must have stillness in our life, and what that means is we must not be in action all the time. 
so I'm a, I'm a huge uh, I, I want to say go-getter, uh, self-proclaimed, but I I do constantly. I'm always doing something. I'm always creating something, making something, starting something. And if I don't stop and be still, be in nature, be in meditation, just sit and enjoy breathing, if I don't take a bath every single morning, you know, in that still, tranquil moment, then my spirit as a woman is out of balance. Yeah, And so I, I literally prescribe this to women. I say take 15 minutes a day and be still and then increase it as time goes on and you will notice a huge difference. Well, and, and you know, I, I, in a way I feel almost silly for saying this, um, <laughs> you know, because, I, I mean, look, none of us have it all together, right? I, and I don't no. have it all together. And, um, you know, I have just discovered... <laughs> um, I, I feel ridiculous saying it. I have Aww. discovered the, the the magic of breathing. You know, oh, I have started yes. with these 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 little yoga tapes that have very easy little poses that I can actually do sitting on a chair and oh. not you know try to contort my body. And I tell you, just the thirty minutes that I do these stretches and breathing. I mean, it makes the world a difference in my day. And just to take that time for yourself, I mean, that's a good time, I think. uh, You know, that's a good way to, I think, tune in not just to yourself, but, you know, it can be meditative and you can tune into her as well. Mm -hmm. One of the, I I honor that you have found this, and it's not silly or ridiculous in any way. It's actually profound. That's why we, we are being called back to these very ancient old, established ways of being. And breathing, my goodness, is there, there's wonderful systems of breath work for almost every spiritual um, modality. So these go back, way back, the breathing, especially yogic breathing. And, you know, my deepest experience with the goddess, with the Shekhinah, was through breath work, through meditative breath work. Well, there you go. Because, I mean, you know, it's mm-hmm. so simple, I think. You know, I, I mean, I'm a Virgo. I overthink things. Mm-hmm. So I, I really do think that was something I really overlooked as not being very significant or, um, oh, you know, yeah. not not thinking it could be something so profound. And, and you know, mm-hmm. we were just, I was talking with Kathy about, you know, this time of the year. You talked about stillness. You know, we need mm-hmm. that stillness. If If listeners out there can consider that you know this time of year to really sort of be in sync with the universe this is a time of year Mm -hmm. when we are supposed to be still and be going under and resisting all the crazy out there that you know capitalism and patriarchy tells us we're supposed to be engaged in this would be the perfect time of year to give yourself the gift i think Mm -hmm. of of stillness and maybe you know, going with the flow of the universe, and and you know maybe this could be a really, um, um, uh, you know, uh, a good time. I, I was trying to think of a better word, but but a you know time of potential. When if you if you really have been wanting to connect to the goddess, use this time of year to do it. You know, use the stillness of the season, of uh, the you know the energies of the earth, which are about stillness. Um, and uh, you know maybe. You know, this this would be a good time to try that. I agree, and also in in addition to that wonderful association with seasonal cycles, are, is the moon, which I am pretty obsessed with. I'm very uh, I'm starting to 
worked even more deeply than I've ever worked with the moon before, the great mother moon. And her cycle of the dark moon is when we have permission, when we have guidance to go deep within complete and total stillness, no action. So every dark moon, I find that I naturally align with that. And it's a wonderful opportunity one time a month to honor that cycle. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's uh, it, it's really amazing. I, I think the the difference that um, you know we can uh, make in our lives, you know, mm-hmm. uh, with 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 these little adjustments, you know. Um, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just a little bit distracted. I just got a flash of an email about my third guest. I don't think she's uh, supposed. I don't think she's able to uh, come on tonight. But you know what? That gives us a little bit extra time. So um, that's a that's a that's a good thing then. Yes. <laughs> so um, so anyway, forgive me for uh, for sounding sure. a little bit distracted there. But um, but still, you know, talking about your book. Um, would you say your your book uh, is for women, you know, of of any age, or do, or did you gear it toward a particular? I mean, young women or old women, or what was your I what really, was your plan? My heart's desire was that it would reach the hands and the hearts of women eighteen and older, all the way till their last breath. And I have been receiving requests from mothers: Is this appropriate for my sixteen-year-old? And I've been saying absolutely. So I think it's, you know, appropriate for any young woman, any any woman of any age who feels called to learn more about her sacred goddessness. Yeah. Yeah, it, well, and I think that, you know, they start to find that the face of goddess, um, you know, there's a face for the young woman, the old woman, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the woman who still has her sacred blood, the woman who no longer has yeah. her sacred blood, um, mm-hmm. you know, you know, even the woman, you know, maybe uh, whether you're more aligned with the energy of Kuan Yin or you're more aligned with the energy of Sekhmet, I think that's what's so beautiful about goddess when you compare her, say, for instance, to Mary, you know, the, mm-hmm. I mean, not, I mean, not that I'm, you know, I'm not trying to bash Mary by any stretch of the imagination, but, you know, patriarchy allows us to have Mary, but Mary is benign. She's passive. She has no sexuality. She's not a whole woman. You know, goddess, on the other hand, there's so many faces of goddess. You know, women have so many more choices, um, you know, and they can always find a face of goddess, I think, that reflects their authentic self. I I think that's very true, Karen, but I do want to say this about Mary. I believe that her presence in the world was so necessary during a time of extreme, painful chaos. You know, she really came into the world as an incarnation, as you know, of course, of Isis, of the pagan goddess, Mm -hmm. and she, Mm -hmm. she brought with her a quietude and an inner peace that women really couldn't find anywhere else. They really didn't need a warrior goddess at that time. They needed Mary. And, you know, bless the goddess for sending that aspect of her. But that's where, you know, she really does serve that aspect, that mother-nurturing, calm, you know, and you say passive, I agree. But that was very necessary. Women needed to go very deep within to survive that era. And so Mary well, you know, you, gave them that. 
Yeah, I mean, you may be right. And, and you know, and there's this other side of Mary that I imagine, I mean, to be fair to her. Um, I imagine if if Jesus was real, you know, mm-hmm. then where where did he learn his social justice except at the maybe the knee of his mother? Because you remember exactly. they were under, you know, they were under the yoke of Rome, you know, yes. and, you know, they were the oppressed. And what does he do? Mm-hmm. He goes out and he becomes a rebel. You know, he's mm-hmm. uh, he, he would be he would be deemed a terrorist uh, of his time, quite frankly. He was against the status quo. I mean, granted, mm-hmm. it was peaceful rebellion, um, uh, you know, but uh, I can't help but think that, um, it, you know, how could it not be a mother's influence? You know, I, I, I don't know. I guess I just think that a mother so influences her son. Um, and, uh, and I mean, her having lived under the yoke of Rome for so long, you know, maybe she was more his teacher than, um, you know, any religious institution will ever give her credit for, if you know what I mean. I do, and I, I again, I feel so strongly that her presence was so necessary for women of that era as a, um, an icon and a guidance. You know, the rise of the patriarchy that caused such imbalance in the world was the um, the de-escalation of the, the feminine. So she went underground, and of course the goddess that would rise from that would be very passive and very quiet and very secretive. You know, her mm-hmm. teachings are very, very secretive. So, you know, within her is Yemaya, Isis, you know, all of those major um, powerful goddess, you know, incarnations and personifications. She she holds them all. I can't think of a more powerful vessel than, you know, Mary to hold all of those spiritual visions. You know, that's yeah. a very, it's a huge container. It's a very big container for her. And, and, of course, you know, we have to remember, we have to give her credit for keeping alive the sacred feminine when, um, oh, yeah. you know, it could, you know, you could be killed if you, yes. say, for instance, were still an Isis worshiper or a Bridget worshiper mm-hmm. or an Artemis worshiper or something. Yes. So, you know, so maybe she, in a sense, she was almost a... Uh, a quiet warrior, you know, uh, you know, kind of like, uh, yeah, you know, um, sort of like one of these monks who, um, you know, quietly but tenaciously um, sort of uh, holds a space, I guess, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, holds a space for the sacred feminine, you know, so yeah, maybe I, maybe I've been giving Mary a bad rap. <laughs> I, it's, I have a lot of affection for all the faces of the goddess, and Mary is one of my faves. Also, Mary Magdalene, of course, is you know one of uh, another very powerful goddess archetype. But you know, another thing too with Mary is imagine if the Catholic Church had granted permission for Kali to be the face of the goddess at that time. How would women have behaved? They would not have been docile. They would not have survived. They would have gone to war and battle. They would have been uprising. They would have been a much stronger presence. They needed that softness, that quiet, and that shadowy, you know, existence. They needed Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah, you might be right. You might be right. And it's interesting, in, the, in my book, I ask, you know, for women to identify with the myths and the goddesses within the myths to learn about themselves. And you brought up that point, too, that 
we can look to the faces of the goddess and see ourselves. She is the mirror of who we are. We have many faces too. Mm-hmm. And so we can we can don them at any time. We can take those on. Yeah, yeah, because I think at different parts, different times in our life, I mean, I know I started with Isis, and she's Mm -hmm. still always there, but, you know, when I was called upon to, you know, when I came to a point in my life when I had to make a choice, I was either going to be, you know, kind of a hairball in the corner, or I was going to stand up and (laughs) find my voice, and, you know, and and I feel like Sekhmet was there beside me saying, Mm -hmm. okay, girl, stand, it's going to be stand up, you know, Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, and I feel like she kind of walked me through that, um, you know, that uh, that transition to find my inner warrioress, you know, to have the courage to do mm-hmm. things I needed to do. But but yeah, and uh, but but I think um, you know, uh, it, you know, she is always there with us. And um, you know, uh, I know this sounds silly, but even if we're in the car and we're trying to find a parking space. And mm-hmm. you know, or or Absolutely. we need help help when we're lost on a journey. I mean, I can remember when I was in Ireland trying to travel these back rural roads, and when we said our prayer in the morning for help with directions, we always found our way. <laughs> and when we forgot, we darn well always got you know got lost on those mornings <laughs> we we didn't remember to ask for for um, you mm-hmm. know for guidance on the journey and i, I mean it. i know these these things sound so silly and trivial but i i think that's maybe the lighter side of it you know well, it, it isn't here, always I, I, serious and profound you know agreed and i actually have coined a term for that i call it simple goddess magic uh-huh. and it's it's so I, I say it all the time in my classes, in my retreats. I say practice simple goddess magic. You can make the most elaborate ritual. Go for it. I love them. But the simple goddess magic is daily living. And when you live in the magic, you are going to have a very magical life. Yeah, yeah, and I think, you know, sometimes we overlook the simple little things that just mm-hmm. kind of fall into spa- into place. You know, we don't recognize them as magic or blessings or or guidance, you know. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, I, I don't know, Renee, I don't, I don't know if you agree or not, but I think as people, you know, we've maybe in a way gotten a little bit too big for our britches, you know, too sophisticated. Yes. And, you know, we, and, and we overlook these uh, these the simplicities that um uh, that that are really so profound and and meaningful you know if it's uh you know maybe it's television with all the special effects and all the gadgets we have now but you know it's almost as if it's not some huge um uh, extravaganza then uh, it, it's not a big deal you know i mean every, we want everything to be a huge extravaganza <laughs> well we we have become very dependent upon that extravagant um show so to speak we've become very very used to um technology and bells and whistles and we have forgotten the simple ways and what is really beautiful about the world in the most simplest of ways but many of us also remember this and so mm-hmm. that's why the you know these books get written and classes get taught and retreats get you know um uh, organized and so we, we're here to revive this. We're being called on, I believe, a handful of us, to revive the simple, 
connections that have grand results. Yeah, I mean, that's part of your uh, back to the goddess phrase, I yes. think. Mm-hmm. You know, it is. You know, yeah, uh, it's it's sort of like an elegant simplicity. Um, mm. Well, now, like now you, um, you say that there are seven goddess qualities that you believe women can restore. Um, do you want to speak to that a bit? Sure. There are hundreds they can, but I picked, I chose seven that I felt were very important to me. And they are um, power with the goddess Lilith and creativity with the goddess Yamaya, stillness with the goddess Waitara, passion with the goddess Radha, Cassandra for the, um, the quality of voice, and white buffalo calf woman for wisdom and awakening with the goddess Eve. And then there are two additional goddesses that open and close the book. The first one is Newt, the Egyptian sky goddess, and, of course, Isis, also an Egyptian goddess of magic and healing. Mm, nice, really nice. You know, you mentioned Tara, and I want to pick your brain a little bit about Tara. Um, is there a purple Tara? And if there is, and do you know anything about purple Tara? There are many colors of Tara. Um, each one of them is an aspect of her, an essence of her. The white and the green are the most um I would say prominent or most popular, most used, most well-known in Tantra spirituality. And so those are the ones that you know, most people are very aware of. But she has all kinds of color aspects um, that speak to her different um, presences in the world and different ways you can call upon her and work with her. Okay, well, you know, I'll, let me just put it out there to my listeners. You know, I mean, I had a, I haven't been able to find much on Purple Tara, and I had a pretty profound dream about mm. Tara, and, and I believed it was Purple Tara because she came to me dressed in purple, and mm. um, and you know, she had an interesting message for me, and you know, I don't have these sorts of dreams every day. I mean, this was mm. this felt like one of those dreams to pay attention to, and. So I guess I've just been, you know, yes, of course I will pay attention to the message, but I guess I just wanted to know more about Purple Tara. So if uh, listeners out there know mm. any more about Purple Tara, I hope you will uh, hope you will get in, in touch with me. Um, so, um, so Renee, um, is, uh, you, know, oh, you know, I think about, when I didn't know anything about goddess, and now, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I, I eat, sleep, and breathe goddess, you know, on, on mm-hmm. one level or another every day, and it just it just seems normal. But, you know, for, uh, for, for women maybe who are new at this, or, um, I mean, how, how, do you just, how do you tell a woman how to adjust her life uh, to include goddess? Well, it's, that's a wonderful question. Um, To include her is to recognize that you are an embodiment, a natural embodiment of her. So I believe that's the first step, is to first recognize that you are made in her image. You are here as her personification, her living personification, your body, your form, your shape, your life, the the qualities of being woman are all the qualities they are the microcosm version of this macrocosm essence this magnificence okay 
Um, no, well, a big yeah. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm just uh, trying to wrap my mind around it all. Well, you know, it, it, but I'm, I'm thinking for a woman who, you know, wants to maybe snor- start small and maybe mm-hmm. try goddess out a little bit. You know, um, I don't, I, you know, I'm not sure if you recommend this in your book, but um, you know, having a small altar on your dresser or yes. maybe just reading about. Uh, a goddess, you know, that, that yeah. maybe you you feel interested in. I mean, those are small ways of, that a woman could start to, yeah. um, you know, bring her, uh, you know, adjust their life, so to speak, to uh, incorporate goddess. I mean, I don't I don't think that someone should feel that that's insignificant. Oh, absolutely not. In fact, throughout the book, I have rituals that help a woman from the most simplest of places to the most elaborate of places really reconnect to that. And I think um, for me, one of the places that I started to reconnect first was through sacred bathing, and I mean my daily bath. Uh, It is a time of phone off and, you know, sometimes a candle, sometimes not. But I, I take a bath every morning, and for me, that was very goddess-like, and that was very communing with her. To be in water is very amniotic, very, very female, and it made me feel very lovely and very feminine, So, and, and also it helped me feel nourished as well. And if I start my day from that place, that's very goddess-like. Yeah, 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 and I'm I'm thinking, you know, of course, the uh, you know time of our sacred blood too. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, that's uh, that's another great time. Uh, I mean, maybe use your sacred blood to, um, uh, you know, like they have those pads now that you know they're mm-hmm. not disposable, and you can yeah. uh, capture the blood in the in the fabric mm-hmm. and rinse them out, and then use the sacred blood to um, in your plants or. In ritual, you know, I mean, there's, there's, mm-hmm. a, I mean, there's, there's a great kind of, you know, little, you know, mini personal ritual that you can do, uh, you know, to honor goddess, you know, I mean, there's, Absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, there's so many things, I mean, there's no right or wrong with this, um, you know, no. I, uh, you could just follow your intuition, you know. Yes, and, you know, people ask me, women most especially, where is she? And and the best response I have is she is everywhere where something is alive. She is the living essence of the world. So are you out in nature? You're with her. Are you in tune with your, are you, you know, loving your body? She's there. And another way that women can, um, and I'm noticing this is a huge interest these days, it's been mine for a very long time, but a wonderful, very simple way that women can become much more attuned with the goddess is to start aligning with the phases of the moon. Yes, yes, good point. Um, Mm -hmm. And well, and and, and, uh, sacred sexuality too. Um, Yes. I mean, you know uh that you know that uh you know that uh warm feeling with your partner uh mm-hmm. you know maybe if you're lucky that orgasm um you know uh all of it i i mean i i mm-hmm. i think every everything we do even um you know maybe even when we're um you know composing a chapter or a poem or or studying i mean that's that's just sort of a, another uh, of her faces you know maybe mm-hmm. you know don't don't rule those 
things out either, you know. No. Um, and, you know, candlelighting as well, Karen. Candlelighting, you know, a single candle lit in her honor, just light a candle. It doesn't have to have anything around it, no accoutrement or put accoutrement around it. Create the altar, as you suggested. But simple candlelighting. I light this candle to bring the goddess closer to me, to build a deeper relationship with her, to find her in my life, yeah, to become yeah. aware. That will go miles and miles in, in your life. Well, and, and you know, and this, this might sound silly, uh, but, you know, my husband uh, has a relationship with ISIS, and mm. practically every every morning he fixes me a cup of coffee and he fixes him a cup of coffee, and I see him go over to her statue on the ISIS altar we have in our living room, and he actually has a chat with her, and sometimes oh. he will, you know, touch her hand or her foot, um, and I can't always hear what he's saying. You know, he speaks mm. to her in whispers, but, you know, I don't know. I just think that's so cute. Oh, my gosh. I love it. This is amazing and beautiful. I'm so glad you shared that. That is so precious. I love and, it. And, you know, he, and, and oftentimes, you know, he will actually make her a cup of coffee. And he oh. will let the scent of the coffee waft you know, wafted toward her face, you know, and mm. leave the cup of coffee on her altar. And I'm thinking, gee, he's doing a better job honoring her than I am sometimes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know, it's something, I'll tell you something very funny about what you just said, that he's honoring her more than you, which he isn't, by the way. But it's, in many spiritual systems, women are considered preloaded, if you will, like pre-equipped. Um, with divine connection and divine understanding and spiritual nature. And the men have to really work at it. Well, you know, you're saying that, uh, but uh, they, t- uh, Roy and I actually, for a year, we took classes at the Kabbalah Center, and they actually yes. said that they said that there, you know, that the yeah, women women were mm-hmm. were spiritually superior, and it was the men that needed the work. However, mm-hmm. while I do I do tend to agree with that, um, I did speak to um, uh, a woman who uh, was into the Shekinah, a Jewish priestess, who believed in a way to think that is a trap though um it was just made an interesting conversation i'll just throw it out mm-hmm. there she she thought that um that was a way to focus all the attention on the men and sort of disregard the women um which i guess it could really go either way it depends on the community you're with and and that sort of thing you know we all know they all have a different flavor but uh, i i just found that interesting because uh you know it, that sort of allowed the men to be the one standing up in front of the room rather than the women, uh, you know, that meant the men were there praying together in the temple and learning while the women mm-hmm. went off and took care of the babies because they didn't need it anymore. They were already spiritual, you know. It felt mm-hmm. like it was sort of a way to, I don't, I don't know, it, uh, it, it, it put the men yeah. in the position to be leading the, the temple while the women took care of the children and took mm-hmm. care of the food. And I, you know what I mean? Um, I do, it, and it, I think that could be a, mis, a, a misinterpretation of the missive, a misinterpretation of, of what women and men needed spiritually. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that it would have been, you know, had it been, and I, I don't say would have, I say this loosely, but it could have been that women were meant to teach this. Mm-hmm. But that got that got lost 
in the translation of things over time. Yeah. Um, you know, women have been spiritually leading, and I, I say this in the book, that without our balancing, without our healing, <clears throat> excuse me, without the feminine, you know, women and their feminine healing, the world will remain out of balance. It does yeah. come from us. Everything that is living comes from the female, and this is a living essence in the world that we are responsible for. And so that's why I believe it may have gotten mushmashed long ago. Like, yeah. oh, you're spiritually, you're spiritually equipped? You don't have to be here. Well, guess what? We do, we do need to be there, and we might need to be leading it, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I was I was quite a challenge to my Kabbalah teacher, I have to tell you, because when <laughs> I got when kicked out he, of Hebrew school, <laughs> <laughs> woman of of, of uh, you know like minds, what can I tell you? You know, because I would mm-hmm. say to him, well, okay, so if you really do think we're superior, then why aren't the people who are spiritually superior at the front of the room? Why are we prevented from touching the Torah and we're not the ones leading the prayers? And he looked at me like no one had ever posed that Mm -hmm. question to him again. And, you know, and to me it was so obvious, you know. And he said, well, you know, we are all equipped for different things. And I said, well, what does that mean? And I I, I swear, this is what he told me, and I I think it's in a way it's hysterically funny, in a way it's hysterically sad. He said, well, the light, you know, that's the essence, you know, the Mm -hmm. light of God. You know, the light Mm -hmm. is channeled through the male, and it is disseminated into the temple uh, for everyone else. And and now I can't help it, but I got a visual of a penis and a vagina. You know, it is channeled through (laughs) and then disseminated. And and I said, you you know, and I said kind of lightly laughing because I didn't want him to think I was being insulting. I said, well, that... That feels like male and female genitals, you know. It was is this mm-hmm. based on the, you know, is this based on our genitals? And you know, he he looked at me really weird again, you know. But um, I, 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 I I wish I had class with you. <laughs> well, you know, I just uh, I had this feeling that you know this man was never asked any questions. I I think he just everybody just shook their head at him like yes, of course, everything you say is uh, is right. brilliant and 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 uh, accurate, well, and a thousand percent true. <laughs> I don't know, and I'll tell you, I've done quite a bit of research in Kabbalistic texts and also in Gnostic Christianity, um, and both of the Shekhinah as the glory and the light of God and she is the feminine aspect of God so it is not coming through the male at all hmm. and it's very interesting it's very interesting and I'll, I'll give you a little background on why um, women are not to touch the Torah either which got very diluted over history and that is due to our sacred blood which is so powerful it can alter the energy of sacred objects well, but 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 I have a problem with that because is that any different than the 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 man who says you you know if you if uh, you know like these taboos that develop you know you can't you know walk on our you know walk out there by our crops because the crops will fail or well, here, you know I mean it, this is this is where it got very um, misunderstood that's all it really became part of a fear based culture. Which was primed by the patriarchal, you know, uh, Judeo-Christian religions. That's all. It really, it was just an imbalance, and an imbalance that kept getting added upon. Sort of like when you make a copy that has a mistake, 
and you keep yeah. popping that mistake over and over again, it gets bigger and blotchier. Yeah. So that's yeah. what happened. Originally, in the research that I did originally in many cultures, Native American, Judaic, before it was even Judaism, you know, it was very, we were revered during that time. We were kept sacred as holy beings. We were asked on behalf of um, tribal leaders and shamans to please dream for the community, to please heal the community and act as the leader of that spiritually. And when you think about how powerful our sacred blood is and that at one time it was considered so holy that it was used to nourish the earth, if we look back into our pagan roots, it was actually mm-hmm. given to the earth. Well, when you look at how um, Western religion, you know, really um, demonized the blood of women, and so that yeah. just was, it just got it just kept going and going through history and got bigger and bigger, and pretty soon women started to feel that their blood was hideous. Yeah, and you know, well, a, a nuisance. Well, and and you know, and and I know this is the cynic in me coming out too. You know, I I, I often believe that okay. If, um, all right, yes, as you say, you know, the blood was revered. I mean, I think Barbara Walker even writes about, uh, you know, there was a time when they thought, you know, kings and, you know, kings mm-hmm. and pharaohs wanted it, and uh, they yes. thought it might even uh, give bring immortality, and I mean, crazy yes. ideas like that. Um, it, but think about this, okay? If you one power, and you think women have the power, and you can't really possess that or create it yourself because you have a male body, not a female body, then what do you do to take that power away? You dilute that power. You, um, you know, you demonize that power. You know, I, I wonder if it was maybe in some cases it was a simple mistake, but I think in maybe in other cases it was a strategy, you know, a oh, strategy to a strategy. Di- yeah, to diminish the feminine power um, and even worse than just diminish it, you know, make the woman uh, or society feel like it's dirty, taboo, all of that Absolutely. stuff that we still have and, today, you know. And that's, you know, when um, when we look at, when we look back at the patriarchal leadership of religion, we look back at when the goddess disappeared, you know, supposedly disappeared. She veiled herself from the world. And what what came with that? The veil of all of our sacredness, all of our revere, reverement, everything that we were now went poof, like a candlelight, out. So that's the mistake that got repeated over and over again. When they decided to douse that flame, that's what happened. And I, I really believe that we can return to that understanding as women about ourselves, that we are very special and sacred, not more so, but just as so. You know, I think that's yeah. very important. Um, well, uh, Renee, I've, I, this has been delightful, and I don't want you to leave before you mention, I mean, we've been talking about your book all of this time, and I highly recommend listeners look for it. Um, and uh, I want to just give the title again, You Are Woman, You Are Divine. But speak a little bit about your uh, herbal products and some of your, yeah. I think you have some classes coming up too. Um, I do. Tell us about Tell us about that stuff and your website and, um, you know, uh, yeah, go ahead. 
Okay, I have uh, my website is www.backtothegoddess.com. And right now I have a solstice class coming up on the 22nd. It's um, Goddess of the Dark Night, a woman's solstice event. I also have a digital course called the Nine Moons Lunar Priestess course. And that's um, nine months of digital lessons. They're quite beautiful. And you will receive a certificate of priestesship from that. And, um, of course, the book and the journal are there. And then other products, I have um, a moon magic amulet. I have a yoni ritual kit um, and several other lovely products there. And I do have a product line that I'm re- redesigning and relaunching. Very magical. It definitely has the goddess in, but it also is very lunar. It's very associated with the moon. So all kinds of different beauty and bath and facial products to use um, for ritual beauty. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I can imagine, uh, you know, the, these are great ways, as you said, uh, to, you know, make these adjustments, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you, you kind of use the products while you're, um, you're simultaneously taking her in as you love yourself. You take care yeah. of yourself. Um, yes. I, I I love that. That's that's uh, that's that's very beautiful. Um, you should hook up with the Red Tent people. Um, you know, I can just imagine women around the world using products like yours in the Red Tent. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I love that idea. That's fantastic. Any Red Tenters out there, contact me. I'd love that. Yeah, and uh, and say your say your website again, Renee. www.backtothegoddess.com Okay. And um, I know we talked about a lot and we maybe even got a little sidetracked, but uh, is there anything you wanted to say that maybe I failed to ask? Oh, gosh, no. You were so thorough and lovely, and I loved where the conversation meandered. It was beautiful. I'm just really open invitation to women um, to come back to this place within and to come back to the goddess and find her right there in the mirror right there in your breath, in your heart, in your life. Mm, it's lovely, lovely, lovely. Um, and, you know, there is, a, there is a caller on the line now. I'm not sure oh. if she's just listening or she might have a question. So Wonderful. I'm going to just o- open the line to her and see if maybe she has a question. And if she doesn't, that's okay. I'll just mute her again. But uh, I'm coming to the person who is holding uh, in the 208 area code. So uh, I'm about to say hello. Hi, did you have a question for either me or Renee? I guess not. Okay, (laughs) that's okay. I mean, oftentimes we just have people who want to listen, and that's uh, perfectly Mm -hmm. okay. Well, Renee, thank you so much. Um, I look forward to maybe getting together with you because I think you're local here in L.A., aren't you? I am. I am very local. I would love to get together with you. It would be lovely. Yeah, we'll have to have coffee and uh, uh, and just uh, you know chat about the goddess world or something. Yay, and, uh, my favorite I, I, topic. That sounds, <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. So listen, you have a really great holiday, and um, you know, good luck with your beautiful, beautiful book and uh, all of your products. I mean, when I think of you and your work, the word that comes to mind is luscious. Um, oh. So uh, yeah, so so thank you for all the luscious. Uh, things you bring to women in the world, um, you know, greatly needed. So thank you so much. 
Oh, Karen, thank you. I have a huge smile on my face, and my heart is just wide open. Thank you so much. I loved being on the show, and I'm really appreciative. Thank you. Oh, well, you're so welcome. And, you know, feel free uh, after the show is up and the URL is there uh, if you'd like to, you know, use the URL for your marketing or share it around Facebook or anything like that. You're certainly welcome to do it. Thank you. I will, most definitely. Okay. All right. Well, good night. Thank you all. (laughs) Good night. Bye. Bye bye. Okay, thank you, Renee. Um, well, do, stay tuned with me. Um, our third guest, Julie Raymond. Unfortunately, I think she's had some problems with her uh, cell phone charger, so we might have to have her on another night. Uh, but I still have some other things for you, so don't go away. Um, I'm going to go ahead and bring you. Uh, you recognize that? Yes. That's a clue that we're about to do the What's the Buzz segment. And, again, I want to thank Pat for uh, helping me uh, share some of this news of the day with you. Uh, So some of these things that were in the headlines that uh, I think uh, you might want to know about. Uh, First of all, Facebook creates FaceTime for new families. And um, what that's about is uh, having a baby made Mark Zuckerberg uh, a believer. Facebook is going to start giving employees who are new parents four months of parental leave beginning January 1st of 2016. Uh, Unlike Netflix, any new parent, regardless of what they do or where they work, is eligible. Now, that's real family values, not the phony family values that the right-wing Republicans talk about. Um, Also, uh, here's uh, something along the lines of uh, the same as, uh, you know, uh, kind of like a cheese and wine here, as Pat says. Uh, eBay gets uh, gets real. Uh, eBay announced it's become aware of uh, reality and is now providing up to 24 weeks of fully paid maternity leave as well as 12 weeks paid leave for employees who need to take care of sick relatives. eBay said in a press release, Um, quote, changes in the workforce and demographics in the United States have made it increasingly important to provide workers with the flexibility and support they need to care for children or aging parents, unquote. So chalk up another tech giant looking up from a virtual world to find the rest of the world is moving on. Other companies that are changing their benefits to benefit people include IBM, Microsoft, Adobe, Spotify, Nestle, and the Gates Foundation. So that's important. You know, these are the kinds of things that Bernie Sanders is talking about that um, that are happening in, uh, you know, other industrial countries, especially uh, like the Scandinavian countries. We are so far behind here in the United States when it comes to taking care of people and families and having real family values. Uh, everybody wants to talk about the United States as number one, but it's really like number 47 you know, in so many of these different areas. Also, the next uh, headline you might want to know about is uh, ISIS is a goddess, not a terrorist. Uh, And what this is about is a Denver bookstore named ISIS Books and Gifts uh, that's been in business for 35 years selling merchandise to the spirituality community uh, had been vandalized several times because of its name. ISIS Pharmaceuticals is considering changing their name because people can't 
keep the two names separated. As the bookstore owner tweeted, the name Isis is that of the Egyptian goddess of women, marriage, magic, healing, and more. However, with our media and politicians constantly using the word to name those in the Middle East who are the source of such horror, some people seem to get confused. So that is uh, such a shame. Uh, when I was on the panel at the Council for the Parliament of World Religions and uh, one of the women that I moderated said that uh, she runs uh, she runs uh, Isis Oasis up in Geyserville, California. It's a uh, retreat center, and uh, she actually had people tell her, well, can't you change the name of your goddess? I mean, imagine telling somebody to change the name of Jesus or the name of Muhammad. Um, you know, it's it's, I don't know, people are crazy. Um, then uh, this next um, headline, Nuts to, Nut- to Nutella, Isis is a goddess, not a terrorist, redo, another type story uh, about Isis. Nutella uh, in Australia ran a promotion to let people put their name on a custom-labeled jar of the product. That is, unless your name is Isis. Um, an aunt tried to get one for her niece, whose name is Isis, and uh, but the company refused to approve it for printing. Isis's mother added she named her child after the Egyptian goddess. Um, Isis, an acronym uh, for the self-proclaimed Islamic State, was not a household term in Australia when the girl was born. Um, and uh, the folks involved, uh, Taylor, says, uh, I'm really quite upset by this. You are actually making my daughter's name dirty. So, you know, here's another example. I mean, this is going on all over the world, not just in Denver, uh, but in Australia. I mean, the name of ISIS, um, it's just amazing to me, the lack of awareness that, uh, um, you know, people could um, – really be getting themselves so worked up like this. I mean, they just, uh, there's no context. Um, Anyway, Um, so the final one, you knew this would happen. That's the category. According to the ACLU, Trinity Health, a Catholic hospital system which operates 88 hospitals in more than 20 states throughout the U.S., is systematically refusing to treat pregnant women in emergency rooms because Trinity Health says it has the legal right to withhold emergency care from any pregnant woman who goes into the emergency room at any one of their hospitals, even if her life is at risk. One physician saved a woman's life by providing an abortion to stop her from bleeding to death from a miscarriage, which the hospital refused to approve until the fetal heartbeat ceased and then promptly quit his job. The woman spent 10 days in intensive care before being discharged home. At least 10 of the 25 largest hospital systems in the U.S. are Catholic-affiliated. If you have been denied care at a Catholic hospital, the ACLU would like to hear from you. This is really crazy stuff, really crazy stuff. Um, You know, uh, uh, I'm sorry, I don't think a fetus has more rights than uh, a woman. You know, a woman is not an incubator. Um, she is a human being with rights herself. Uh, I just find that incredibly insane. 
Um, well, the other thing uh, I wanted to share with you, um, a, a friend of mine and a friend of the show, uh, Joe Carson, has a wonderful book out. Uh, it's called uh, Celebrate Wildness, Magic, Mirth, and Love on the Feriferia Path. Uh, it just came out recently, and... Um, one of the endorsements is from Stephen Posh, who's the author of Radio Paganistan, Folk Tales uh, of the Urban Witches. Um, and he's, this is what he says about the book. It's a scintillating new book by filmmaker Joe Carson, an expanded edition, now gives access to Fred Adams' 50 years life work. Uh, it includes rapturous poetry, erotically charged ritual, glowing surreal paintings, and an overall vision of a human culture utterly defined by wilderness, eros, and goddess. And in Celebrate Wildness, Feriferia initiate Joe Carson unfolds the sumptuously petaled flower of the Feriferian vision with a stunning simplicity and clarity that would have left Fred Adams grinning with boyish delight. Celebrate Wildness is a visually stunning compendium of poetry, rituals, musing and musings, and essays illuminated by Adams' own kaleidoscopic artwork. Well, I have to say, um, this isn't just a commercial. Um, this is another great book, just like um, my guest tonight, Renee Starr. Uh, there's so many good books out there, um, so much quality stuff to choose from. But this is one that definitely deserves a look, too. Um, it's a great coffee table book. Uh, it's a great conversation starter. You can find more about it uh, at Fair org, and that's called uh, that that's spelled f e r a f e r i a dot org and um I'd like to put in a, a, a little bit, uh, two cents for myself here, um, uh, helping to defray the costs of the radio show. Uh, I have some great specials out for the holidays, and um, you can find out more about them um, if you email me, or uh, you can probably find a link on my Facebook page or my website soon. But I'll tell you about a few of the offers, and if you can't find the um the actual uh links where they are you can always email me but one of the special holiday offers i have is a special price of uh my second book walking an ancient path uh it's only $15 and of course i would sign it and mail it to you uh the second uh, holiday offer is if you buy voices of the sacred feminine and goddess calling and walking in, uh, if you buy those two, you actually get walking an ancient path for free. Uh, so there's another deal. Um, I also have created goddess gift cards. They're very generic, and they can be used for uh, all different occasions. And they're special because uh, they're photographic, and um, what you have there is pictures of uh, goddesses or sacred sites that I've visited in my many travels uh, over the years. So the goddess gift cards, uh, you get a set of those uh, for $30, and um, they're, they're wonderful ones like uh, Isis at the Louvre, the Sleeping Goddess. Uh, I mean, there's there's lots of lots to choose from. So, Goddess gift cards. Uh, there's also uh, a Sistrum 
Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the sistrum, but it's the sacred rattle of the go- Egyptian goddesses Isis, Bast, and Hathor. And uh, they are about 18 to 24 inches in length, and um, it has a wooden handle, and the uh, bars and the loop um, are, uh, of course, made of metal uh, with discs on it, and uh, you shake these. Uh, So this is an instrument of ritual. It's an instrument of magic. It's a musical instrument, and uh, we recreate those, and uh, we leave the wood handle unfinished so that you can get creative and put your own energy into it by uh, decorating it yourself. Uh, So the sistrum is something that um, I can also provide for you. Um, I have another special where if you purchase all four of my books, uh, that would mean Walking an Ancient Path, Goddess Calling, Voices of the Sacred Feminine, and Sacred Places, uh, 108 Destinations, then you would get a free pack of six Goddess gift cards. So um, if you're interested in any of this, please just uh, email me at uh, uh, ancientcultures at ca.rr.com or go to my website, uh, karentate.com, and uh, just email me and say, tell me about the holiday specials, and I will certainly be glad to do so. Well, um, I think that uh, is probably about it for tonight. I want to thank you for uh, tuning in. Uh, We'll have other great uh, stuff for you in the shows ahead. Um, I have some nice articles I want to share with you in the next What's the Buzz segment about the 12 best reasons uh, for being a democratic socialist and voting for Bernie Sanders. Uh, I want to tell you about the wage gap between men and women, uh, which is closing, but for the wrong reason, uh, because male wages are falling. That's not a good reason. Uh, And, uh, you know, other stuff to sort of just keep you aware out there of uh, ideals and values that are either uh, evolving and coming more in alignment with values of the sacred feminine or maybe in situations where we're taking uh, two steps backwards. So anyway, uh, next week, remember, Richard Wolf will be on the show, uh, and then the following week on the 22nd, uh, Rianne Eisler will be with me, and uh, I will also be rerunning some Christmas shows and um, um, some other special stuff as just uh, my way of saying thank you to you, my wonderful listeners, who are the gas in my tank. Uh, you really mean a lot to me, and I appreciate your listener loyalty. And if you can, uh, I would really appreciate it if you can send a donation to help me pay for the airtime, because the airtime does come out of my pocket uh, to be able to provide the show uh, for you uh, year in and year out. So um, I think I will go ahead and uh, play something special for you since uh, there's still a few minutes uh, left of uh, airtime here. Uh, Let's see. Because we talked about Isis, and uh, Isis is my goddess uh, that started me down this path, Um, I'm going to share with you this uh, song from Diva Haley and uh, her Sacred Alchemy album, and the song is called Isis. Uh, Please enjoy it, and uh, keep in touch. Let me hear from you, and tune in again next week. Good night, and uh, until next Wednesday. Thank you. 
through the veils now. How many more lifetimes will you donate to the illusion of the ego? Are you ready to directly face the truth of your essential self? It is time to set yourself free. Fierce 